Hi, everybody. This is Dawn Mitchell, and welcome to Dawn of Sports. Today, we've got great topics to cover. Myself and Jim talking about the Vikings as they go into Detroit, but also on the horizon is the beginning of the PWHL Minnesota, the Women's Professional Hockey League that everyone's waiting to hear. And we have Natalie Darwitz. You all know her name here in Minnesota, and I believe beyond. She's very humble. Yes, this former gopher, U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer, gold medal winner, and Olympian, wearing lots of hats, is now going to bring this forward. We have an awesome conversation with Natalie Darwitz coming up. So I hope you can stick around for that and more. Yes, we'll talk about the Vikings on Dawn of Sports today with Don Mitchell from Fox 9. We also have a great interview with Natalie Darwitz coming up. Uh, now the general manager of the local PWHL team. We'll talk about the inaugural games coming up, first home games. And, of course, you know one of the reasons we're doing this show, one of the many reasons we're doing this show, is we want to promote strong women. Natalie, of course, qualifies there, and we really hope her new team is going to be a success. You can help make that happen. Uh, Donna Sports is sponsored by Rudy Luther Toyota and All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. All right, Don, what do you want to talk about when it comes to the Vikings here as they limp toward the finish line? Ay, ay, ay. People can't see me now. I've got my hands over my eyes and my Ooh. eyebrows at once. Um, you know, that's exactly laying the egg at home. We've seen this in the past, but oh, I don't know. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I I did ask Kevin O'Connell yesterday in our um, our Zoom presser with him if he regretted putting too much on the rookie's shoulders, and of course he didn't say no. But you have to wonder, Jim, if somewhere in the recesses of his mind, because he was an, an you know an NFL quarterback himself, to you can have a guy seem confident at practice. You know, he can do all the right things at practice, but to firmly put him in that situation, you know, part of me feels bad for Jaron Hall, but also a part of me would be like, well, you know, professionally, Don, if he went out there and lit it up, you wouldn't have felt bad. Like he embraced the moment. So I, I go back and forth on that. They're not announcing yet, but probably within a day or so they're going to announce. I have a feeling, um, it could go either way between Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins. Um, because you know, what is it? Like, Three percent, less than three percent chance, Jim. They get in the playoffs. Yep. yep. What would you do? Uh, <laughs> what would you do I, if you were head coach? I don't want. So a week ago, I was saying I wanted to see Jaron Hall. Now I do not want to see Jaron Hall. Um, hmm. I think. I think it's between Mullins and Dobbs, and I think they oh, had already yeah. determined that they like Mullins more than Dobbs. I think they're going to go back to Mullins and hope he can be productive yeah. without the terrible interceptions. Because the difference between Mullins and Dobbs at the end and Hall on Sunday was Mullins did move the team. He moved the team. Yeah. He, they, the offense did function. The offense did gain a lot of yardage while he's a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Just the turnovers are so bad. People like me was like, I can't watch that anymore. But he's, he's better than Hall. And, and here's what mm -hmm. I don't get is – Jaron Hall comes in midseason for a team desperately in need of quarterback play against a good uh, what was at that point was a pretty good contending Atlanta team and Atlanta defense on the road and he played really well until he got hurt. And we didn't see anything like that on Sunday. He never, you know, and that 
that brief appearance in Atlanta, he was pretty flawless. And he didn't look like he knew how to take a snap from center on Sunday. And I don't know what happened. And I talked about this with John Krasinski on the Viking Update show. You almost wonder, the way the season's gone, if this offense might be too complex for you know lesser quarterbacks. Because Josh Dobbs played really well until he gave him the full playbook. And then he looked right. like he couldn't function. Nick Mullins uh, looked like he had too many decisions to make. Jaron Hall looked overwhelmed this time. So, I don't know. I I think it'll be Mullins. I'm not sure it matters at this point. Yeah, and you know, uh, and I'm not laying issues either on on other people because he, he is what he is, right? He, he was not meant to be a starting quarterback this year for the Vikings. The offensive line had its issues, <laughs> you know? Yep. So you add that onto, I think, the pressure of the moment. Totally different to go in on the road. I, and people might disagree with me, but when you're home and it's national football, right? It's the holiday. You know, people are watching. <clears throat> people already know that you're getting the start. So there's this anticipatory just electricity in the air. That's a lot to put on a rookie quarterback. That's a lot. It is. And uh, maybe the pressure of the moment got to him. Maybe he had too much time to think. I don't know what it was, but he was not good. Uh, and this is a fascinating time in Vikings history, Don. Uh, as you know, <laughs> this is a team that is in officially still in playoff contention. And yet it yeah. feels like they have a million holes in the dike to plug and an uncertain future. And it feels like the division's getting better around them. This you know, we've gone from 13 wins and how are you going to get better? How are you going to start winning the playoffs to what do they even have here right now? Well, you know, I don't, uh, when you, when you look at what they've gone through this year, you know, some people like Kevin O'Connell needs a couple of votes at least, if not more, for coach of the year. I know he's not going to get it, but I'm just saying from what he's had to go through, you get Kirk going down, you get JJ going down, all these other injuries that have gone on, just injury-wise, what he's had to deal with to still be in contention, that's saying something. But with that said, we have seen some of those games, right? Like, oh, Nick Mullen, six interceptions. We had a little, it's been this, I said this yesterday in my story, it has been kind of a queasy roller coaster ride. You know, you get Dobbs coming in. It's great, it's great, it's great. And then it's not. And then it's, Nick is like, oh my God, oh my gosh, that's great. And then it's not. It's like, whoa. I think people as Vikings fans are just kind of like, let me off this ride right now. <laughs> like I'm a little yep. nauseous. I, yes. I got to get off the, got to get off the ride. And at the beginning of the year, they said it was going to be a competitive rebuild. Well, they got what they wanted, right? But I don't think that they realized like they'd be a fire in the rebuild. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> we've got the and, house under repairs and the electricity caught on fire. And the thing is, I think if Cousins had stayed healthy, which he always had before previously. Yeah. This would probably be double-digit victories. They'd be in the playoffs. They'd be fighting for a seed right now. It just, it should, you know, to me, they're key, two key people on this roster uh, in terms of the fluctuation between what we thought they'd be and what they are right now. One is Cousins. I think if Cousins is healthy, they'd be a, they'd be a good team. Uh, and the other one is Marcus Davenport. They signed him to be the bookend pass rusher with Daniil Hunter. Without him there, the Packers could throw eight blockers at Hunter and know that nobody else is going to get to their quarterback, and then eventually your receivers are going to get open. I, I think those are the two swing players on this roster. I think Cousins being hurt, obviously they couldn't replace him, and the fact that Davenport gave them almost nothing, uh, you know, the second half, the second two-thirds of the season, I think really hurt the defense. And then, then you go back to the drafts, 
and getting Lewis seen and Andrew Booth, who are supposed to turn around your secondary and they don't even contribute. You passed on Kyle Hamilton. It, yeah. it feels like Cousins being out has allowed all the other flaws to come to the floor. Right. The, I mean, the and we can't forget JJ being out for that chunk of time either. Right. right. You're, you're like, Oh yep. my goodness. So, but I do right at, at the, at the beginning you have Davenport, you've got Kirk cousins and then you're like, Whoo, now, now what do we got? You know, I, I said at the beginning they're they're just one injury away from disaster. And everyone's like, well, every team is, I'm like, well, not, not so much. You know, we're seeing Flacco come in and have like light it up. Right. So I, I don't know. Does the league after this year, Jim, I know this is a bit heady and getting ahead of ourselves. Do they rethink how they handle the backup quarterback position now? I mean, like you, you and I've talked about this in the past. Like you can't s- spend tons of money on a backup quarterback. Right. But do you risk seeing your season go down the tubes or at least kind of be three percent to get into the playoffs if your big guy goes down? Yeah, it, it's and it's a question I've been asking general managers since I started covering the league. And, you know, everybody takes a little bit different approach to it. Uh, some want just your solid, your Sean Mannion type. The guy who can yep. Meat and potatoes, take the snap, right. run the offense, understand the offense. He can't yep. make all the throws, but he's not going to screw up too much. Some want the quarterback of the future to be your backup, but then if he's not ready, that can destroy your season. Some just try to save money at the position, and we've seen that not work out so well. Uh, and some do what the Vikings are doing, which is kind of get somebody, you know, they spend a lower draft pick on somebody they hope will develop over time, but that person wasn't ready. I, you know, I, at this point, I, I don't even know if it's really possible <laughs> But what I would love to see them do is bring back Kirk on a creative mm-hmm. contract that opens up some cap space so they can get their other deals done and draft their quarterback to the future. And, of course, I've been saying for months, Michael Penix is my guy. Oh, um, I, and, he looked you know, amazing. And really, until recently, a lot of mock drafters had him going late first round, even second round. Now, I think he's too good for professional evaluators to let him drop that low. But there is a possibility that he will be available when the Vikings are drafting and he might be the best quarterback in the draft. He might be a future all pro and you might be able to have him and Kirk on the same team. You know, and, and for years, if you look back, people are like, Oh, you know, you can't always be like the Packers that have da 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 da. Well, if Packers would do exactly what you're saying. They would have a Brett Favre, but then they would have like a, a backup that, you know, eventually would get frustrated and go somewhere else, whether it was Hasselbeck that backed him up, you know, then he went to Seattle and had, I'm not saying he won a Super Bowl, but, um, you know, they always had backups that were waiting in the wings. And then Aaron Rodgers was waiting in the wings and we see what happened. And then, so they always kind of think that way. And it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings can do that. I agree with you. Sign Kirk Cousins, you know. You're not going to get them on a two-year deal. You probably have to get them a three-year deal or at least two with an option for a third, you know. But like you said, creative because you still have to pay JJ. You you want to keep Daniel Hunter. You know, you've got a lot of guys that, especially wide receivers after that, like KJ. I have a feeling KJ Osborne is going to be gone. Uh, Brandon Powell's on a one-year deal. You know, like they got a lot of work to do. They do. It's going to be fat. And the thing about the Vikings is they're going to be fascinating no matter what happens, um, you know, and – I'm going to be in Detroit. Are you going to go to Detroit on Sunday? Um, Ahmad Hicks is going to Detroit on Sunday. So well, good for you for not having to go to Detroit on Sunday, but I'll be there. It'll be it'll, something interesting will happen. That's the way the NFL works. So, you know, I will say this. The Vikings have never been boring this year. No, 
No. You know, it, it's been even like my family back east because the Patriots have been boring losing. Right. So right. they are now Viking. They're Vikings fans. They even came in for again for the Christmas Eve game like two years in a row. They're like, yeah. So they're like, listen, they're still exciting. You still don't know if they're going to win or lose. They still no matter what they've gone through. So, I, you know, you pull energy from people from the outside because it's so easy to get into the oh, they're the you know what I mean? That woe is me kind of mentality. Um, so it will be interesting. I still think Dan Campbell is ticked off um, that he, I don't know if he's going to rest players now. Right. I mean, because now they're just locked into the three, so they've got to really play hard. So Sunday, Sunday will be interesting. Interesting. Indeed. Be. sounds like they're going to play their starters. So we'll see how yes. that works out. <laughs> right. Um, let's uh, do you have an FTG this week? I have, I have two really, of them. Oh, good. Then you, you have I both. Have two. Yes. Ooh, you're fired And up. I'm going to stick with it. I kind of brought it up. The, um, the, how about the referees in the Detroit, um, uh, Dallas game, right? Uh, FTG on the two point controversy. Come on. You know, I have friends, my friend, Gina Trotman, that's out there in Detroit. She took a picture and you, you see both 68 and 70 checking in with the refs. You see both mm-hmm. of them. And mm-hmm. this isn't rocket science. No, Josh Dobbs, pun intended. This is not rocket science. People go up there all the time. One guy will report because, but you don't want everyone to know who's reporting. So you bring other guys up there with you, right? And then when somebody goes, I didn't say a word. So the refs messed up. The refs, but then they just kept doubling down um, yeah. on on that. So FTG on that. My second one is FTG to Brendan Dillon of the Winnipeg Jets, who I don't want to go as far as saying he's a dirty player, but he's injured a lot of wild players in his yeah. day. Let's just put it that way. And Kirill Kaprizov now, he is out. He's week to week with a uh, upper body injury, which you can't tell me it did not come from those cross checks that were not called to whether it was the ribs, the back, or, or you know, since his upper body is kind of in between. So he's week to week, you know. Um, so FTG to him. That's what I say. That oh, Two very good choices. And – Listen, hockey can be a great sport, and it's obviously very popular in our state. It still drives me crazy that there's a Neanderthal aspect where you still have people in the age of concussion awareness dropping their gloves and punching each other in the head 20 times and people cheering for it. And you also let lesser players, vicious players, take out the players who make the league worth watching. Uh, you shouldn't let thugs beat up on stars. You should, I mean, it, it shouldn't happen. You shouldn't right. let somebody who's less important than Kirill Kaprizov injure Kaprizov. It, you, you need to protect your stars. Just like every other major sports league has figured out, it's about stars. It's a, mm-hmm. If you want to have them, if you want to maximize your audience, if you want to maximize your popularity, if you want to maximize your television ratings, you need your stars healthy and on the on the playing surface. And letting thugs around, around and do this kind of stuff is the opposite of that. Yeah, I would say the only sport that's close to that, and 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 just hear me out on this, is when a baseball pitcher will throw at someone. You know, when you get that tension. I mean, you could kill someone by hitting hitting them with a baseball, but you know, like they'll kind of chin music or they'll just throw at them because of something that you know they showboated and hit a home run and flip the bats and then they throw at them. Like, I just don't think you should be able to do that. You can't physically try to take out somebody in these sports because way too much. First of all, your life and your health is at stake. Second of all, th- like you said, the value of these players to the teams. Um, 
this is a funny, so I took my family to the wild Bruins game because they're from Boston. And I said, I surprised them with tickets on the 24th, 23rd, excuse me, the 23rd. And I didn't realize that none of them had been to an NHL game. Oh, wow. Right. I was like, I thought for sure, at least my brother Dave had been. So my nephew Owen is 12 and he's funny as all get out. So it was, it was right when early on they dropped the gloves and they started fighting in that game as well. And he just looks at me and in his school, they have like this group called the, the trailblazers, you know, like, um, they're just like student people, leaders, you know, like trailblazers, let's get lined up for lunch. So at one point he just leans in, he goes, Don, uh, auntie Don, this is the the portion where if I were at school, they'd be like trailblazers, look away, look over here. look <laughs> And I just started laughing because it's kind of like, okay, so we're here for an NHL game. And all of a sudden there's a fight trailblazers look away. And I, you know, I started thinking, yeah, you're right. Like these young kids growing up, like why, why is this in it? But I can also see, and I have to say the little girl in me still loves it when a guy like Middleton sticks up for a teammate like Kirill that gets, that gets nailed. So I have this love hate relationship. Like I shouldn't be cheering. Yeah, but I still am. So uh, I just think trailblazers look away. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to women's sports. Uh, yes. We were talking here on Tuesday. Uh, first of all, again, great interview with Natalie Darwitz coming up. Please stick around for that. Please support the, the local NWHL franchise, which is going to be uh, really fun to watch develop. Uh, in terms of women's sports, though, go for basketball Ooh. Wednesday night at home. Ooh. Against Maryland, Brenda Freeze coming back. Uh, Brenda, this isn't one of her great teams, but she's a great coach. She's had a great run at Maryland. She obviously did great work when she was at Minnesota. This is a, a really cool game to keep an eye on. It is, and especially so coming off that loss to Iowa where, you know, again, I was torn. I love watching Caitlin Clark play, and she lit them up, but it was hard to see the Gophers go, go down in flames that way. But I'm hoping, you know, like you can learn from the fire, right? So I'm like, okay, they got they got knocked down by Iowa, who's at number four in the country. Um, so get back up on the map. What can you do against Maryland? So I'm with you, Jim. I'm really looking forward to that. And not only for, you know, the Mara Bronze, the Amaya Battles, but just so many of these other players that are starting to now come into their own. That's been really interesting for me to see. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yep. And, you know, playing at Iowa this year probably was uh, almost a guaranteed loss. (gasps) Maryland should be a fair fight and this should be fun. Yes. And uh, if they can win this kind of game, they're going to be setting themselves up for you know, some contention from NCAA. So keep an eye on that. In terms of yeah. our Minnesota Aurora moment, want to let you know they have another tryout coming up. Tryout and pop-up shop, January 7th, 8 to 10 a.m., National Sports Center in Blaine, Minnesota. Uh, the Aurora continues to be one of the great stories in the country. And uh, if you want to play for them, if you want to go buy some gear, if you just want to be a part of their scene, if you want to go meet the key people, go to Blaine National Sports Center, January 7th, 8 to 10 a.m. for a tryout and pop-up shop. Uh, anything else you want to add or get to before we talk to Natalie? 
Well, you know, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, so I know we do almost like a daily, uh, you know, Andrea Yock kind of yes. update as well. But, you know, being um, one of the founding mothers of the Aurora, well, right now she's in the Arctic Circle and was in search of seeing the Northern Lights, which is technically an Aurora. And she did. She just posted the pictures. So I was like full circle moment. Now Fantastic. she's witnessed them, like she's created them here. Now she's witnessed them for real. So um, I just think that's a good sign of more great things to come for that team. Before we get to our guests, do want to thank Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Also want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. Visit allenergysolar.com slash coach for your free solar evaluation. And Don, why don't you uh, preview your conversation with Natalie? Oh, I'm so excited for this. Natalie Darwitz has been one of my favorite people since I moved to Minnesota back in 2004. We all know what she's done on the ice, whether it's for the Gophers, whether it's coaching, whether it's Team USA. Well, now she's the general manager of the brand new Minnesota Professional Women's Hockey League team. So PWHL Minnesota, they dropped the puck on the season against Montreal tomorrow. So tomorrow, if you're just listening, that will be uh, January 3rd, and their home opener is January 6th at XL Energy Center and many tickets. They want to sell some more. They got about 3,000 sold. Um, so there's this is a groundswell of support for this loaded roster team. And it was so exciting for me to talk to Natalie about being the GM, all the hats she wears, and how she's trying to push the needle for women in sports. Yes, uh, Natalie's great. Uh, this is an excellent interview. Look forward to this. And you know what, Donna, you and I, we have a certain amount of our time eaten up by the sheer popularity of the Vikings. We both spend a lot of time covering the Vikings during the year. It's one of my main assignments. It's one of your main assignments. And it's great. We love covering the Vikings. They're fascinating. They're a good organization to cover. Uh, but I also look forward to the offseason, kind of the, the February, March area where we get to Get away from the Vikings a little bit and go do stories on, you know, go for women's basketball and the PWHL and the Minnesota Aurora. So this will be great. I'm glad Natalie is a big part of this organization. Here's Dawn's conversation with Natalie, Natalie Darwitz. Well, this week, I'm very excited to get Natalie Darwitz on. I, you don't even have to explain who this woman is, but if you're from out of... I would say out of the country, maybe even out of the hemispheres of the world. Natalie Darwitz, one of the most all-time greats women's hockey player in the history of the universe. Former golfer, as you know, U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, former Hamlin head coach. And now she is the general manager, and I'm just cutting that bio short, the general manager for the PWHL Minnesota team, soon to have a name with the rest, coming to you starting the third. Natalie Darwitz, thank you for joining the podcast. We really appreciate it. How are you? Uh, thanks for having me. And thanks for the intro. I, I would be safe to say maybe outside of Minnesota, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so, true. Yeah. <laughs> 
That is not true. So your life has been a whirlwind. The The new league starts up being the GM. That's a big deal. And you've had a lot to do. How crazy has your life been the past six months or so? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind in a good way. Uh, but, you know, I was naive to to know what went into building a professional organization from scratch and uh, and what it takes to operate it daily. So um, it's a fun but challenging task ahead. And uh, I'm just so excited that tomorrow the lights at the end of the tunnel with our first game. And then on Saturday at 2.30, our first home game at the Excel Center against Montreal. So uh, the fun part is here. The work is done. Um, you know, the Christmas shopping's done. And now we get to unwrap presents uh, tomorrow. So it's it's well worth it. Uh, that's a great visual. And unfortunately, you can't do that very first one here at the X with the big crowd, but that only comes a couple of days later. It's always hard to go on the road. But do you prefer maybe unwrapping that gift in Montreal? Or how is that for you to say, all right, this is a bonding trip. We're on the road. We're going to kick this off. How is that? You've been to many, many games on the road. Um, is That is a bonding experience, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? Quite honestly, I'm really happy we're playing our first game on the road, uh, especially given the hoopla and excitement around the home openers. Mm -hmm. And we have an opportunity to have someone else do their home opener and, and have all the stress on them. <laughs> and that <laughs> that's we're right. That's what I was thinking. Happens right. on, yeah, so then we're prepared for, okay, that's how Boston did it on Wednesday. We're prepared for ours on Saturday. So um, it's actually a, a blessing in disguise that we have to go on the road and, and have everyone have another uh, market do their work and, and prepare for a home opener. Um, and we have a few more days to, to get settled and, and do ours on Saturday, as well as absolutely, I think anytime you're on the road, even though everyone prefers to be at home, there is a, a bonding experience. There is, you know, the bus rides and, and get hopping on a plane and the meals together. Um, that is just going to kick things off and on the right uh, foot uh, the next day or two. Well, I want to congratulate you because there's so much excitement about this new league. Um, not only the fact that you guys are playing at the X, getting what you deserve. XL Energy Center is going to be loud for you guys. But you, when you look at the roster, if people have not been paying attention, this is like a U.S. national team roster. And so many former Gophers that you get that local pull of, oh my gosh, Taylor Heise, Kelly Panic, Grace Zumwinkle, Liz Shepherds, Abby Barine, are you kidding me? Lee Steckline, it just goes down the list even more. And even goaltenders, you have Amanda, you have Lauren Bench. It, it, it's just incredible. And I know that that's just scratching the surface because there's so many that are not former Gophers that people know, Kendall Coyne, you know, Maddie Rooney, Nicole Hensley. It, it's just it's mind boggling for me, actually, every single time you would announce a signing, I'm like, they got hurt too. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a fun roster. And, and as we were kind of uh, crafting it, it was important to, for us to build a market here in Minnesota to have a lot of local flair uh, with the names that you just mentioned. Um, <clears throat> we were talking today at the rink, you know, if you look at the other five markets, it's, it's kind of a smorgasbord of where they're from and, and everything. And it, you look at our roster and it's Minnesota heavy or, or U S uh, Olympic national players heavy. So uh, not to say we're, we're biased against the, the other <laughs> Canadians or international players. We do have a, we do have a few of those, so we're definitely not, but um, you know, I think that's what is going to draw excitement and get people in our, in the seats at Excel center is knowing that they have hometown people in their community. They watch them with the, whether it was the Gophers, Ohio state, UMD, uh, Wisconsin, that they've seen these players play their familiar faces uh, it's just super important for us as not only do we grow the game, 
and have a great product on the ice. But um, we grow the game for future generations that they can come out and watch a game and see a hometown hero, see somebody they grew watch uh, playing growing up, and um, you know, and hopefully they can idolize them and, and dream one day that they can become a professional women's hockey player and, and make a living doing so. So um, it's a fun roster. It's a great group. Uh, we're excited about it. Um, and we're excited to kind of get that on the ice tomorrow to see what we have. You know, you, you talked about not being ready for all the things that a GM kind of has to do, all the hats. You had your first kind of hiccup and it came recently. You had to replace your head coach. You have Ken Clean now. That cannot be without stress when Charlie Burgraff says, I need to step down or however that went down. Now you have to like scramble, get a new head coach, figure it out. Um, th- the season's coming up. Uh, that must've been uh, a couple of white hairs um, that week. <laughs> Crash course. And we're now a professional organization, <laughs> right? And, and right. that's kind of what we shared with the, with the team. We, they went home for holiday break with Charlie and they came back with a new head coach. So um, yeah, like you said, a, a hiccup in, in professional sports, you know, Charlie did well in his first, uh, you know, month or two here and, and grew the organization and, and chose to step down for personal reasons. And when you're backed against the wall, it's like, okay, what's next? And, um, you know, the timing's never good. And, and of course it was over the holidays, but super fortunate that uh, Ken, you know, started to build a relationship with him a few months ago. Uh, he interviewed for this position as well. Um, and so I just, you know, kind of gave him a call up last minute and, and thankfully he's an empty nester and, and was uh, in Colorado <laughs> and got in his co- truck the next few hours later and, and drove to Minnesota. So, um, you know, not that any transition or any change is seamless and, you know, there isn't some bumps in the road, but we feel like, you know, having a game seven days away, the players were locked in. And that was the message is like, Hey, this is the first ever game you're going to play in this league. Um, don't let, don't let these circumstances get in the way, go out there. And, and, uh, cause this is about way more people that pave this path than it is about you guys just being on the ice playing a game. This is an important game, an important moment. Um, and so I think the players realize that, that they're not going to let any, um, you know, curveballs, you know, get them off track of what they have to do tomorrow night and, and Saturday afternoon at the Excel Center. And uh, Ken's done a great job, and we have, great, uh, have a great staff and support staff in place that made the transition as best as possible, given the circumstances. I was going to ask, you know, a good friend of ours, Andre Yak, started the Minnesota Aurora basically from scratch. I'm, and I've always been over, I've been, what's the word, uh, in awe of, of that process. How difficult has it been for you to get this thing rolling? And, and is there anybody you've looked to for advice? Yeah, I, I, it's been a fun challenge. You know, I, I think if you're passionate about it and you want to see this through, um, I think that's going to, you know, fuel your fire. Uh, but at the same time, has it been, you know, rainbows and butterflies? Absolutely not. There's been challenges thrown on our plate, timelines that may have felt um, impossible that you had to meet, whether that was, you know, getting scheduling going, uh, a lease for a facility or, or you know, staff members. But, um, you know, the, the Aurora is a great example that it can be done. Ours was a little bit more fast-tracked with our timeline. Uh, when this thing came to fruition and the Walter Group and Billie Jean King Enterprise said yes, they promised these players they would get it going the next season. And that just so happened to be, you know, four or five months later. Um, and so that's why things have progressed so fastly. That's why, you know, I know the general public wants a name and a logo. Maybe that's why they're not seeing it year one. Um, it's just progressed really, really fast. But 
I, I've, I'm very fortunate. I have a great support staff. Um, you know, early on, Bill Garden and I had a few conversations, although sometimes it's hard to compare his organization with, with ours just because the differences of, of us being one entity league versus him having ownership. It's a little bit different in that sense. And as far as our draft, you know, we had to draft 15 players versus, you know, their normal drafts are uh, young guys a couple years out. So, uh, but we chatted here and there and uh, got some great advice from him. And I just have a great support staff of, of an internal, you know, small group of people that I lean on that keep me humble, that, that keep me pointing in the right direction um, and keep me on track, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, I just want to do right by these players and the staff in this league to make it grow um, so that in 10 years this thing is, we're not talking about a build-up or a startup. We're talking about, you know, how do we get from 9,000 seats at Excel to, to fill in 15, to fill in, you know, 18, um, to maybe having our own venue someday. So um, I think we're on the right track, and, and year one's going to be exciting. We're going to have bumps in the roads, no doubt. We're going to have hiccups, but it's all about learning and growing and making this thing better than, than it was a year ago. You know, Natalie, when, when people look at your own personal resume and they just look down like Hockey Hall of Fame, you, you have Team USA, three world golds, when they just see you and they say, wow, now she's the GM here. It opens a lot of doors. I think people forget the hard work that goes behind it. You know, like you can walk in with your big resume, but now you've got that next challenge. Was this perhaps the best personal challenge for you to undertake this job since you have left actually playing or, or how has that gone for you? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, looking back at my past, I think everything, you know, it sounds cliche and maybe a bit cheesy, but I think everything that has happened to me in the past, uh, whether my playing career, coaching career, um, you know, adversities or whatever it may be, I think it put me in a good spot for this position uh, and made me ready for it. Um, but you know, this is a, a different, this is the, the most unique role I've ever had. Um, you know, coaching is one thing, uh, but this is way more many hats. Um, it's a little <laughs> bit more managerial as well. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I love coaching. It's my wheelhouse. I've had to take a step aside from that, um, to do this role. And I just felt at the end of the day, I would have a greater impact on women's hockey and women's sports if I was the GM than if I was just a coach. Um, and I'm mm -hmm. not saying just a coach lightly, it's a huge role, but I just felt I would have more bandwidth if, if I was in this position to, to grow the game and to push the needle forward. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been challenging. You know, I've, uh, it's, uh, there's been some personal growth and development, which is great. I think we always need that. Um, as uncomfortable sometimes that it is, it's, it's gonna make us better, but um, you know, I've been out of my comfort zone in, in many scenarios in this role in the last, you know, four or five months, but um, I welcome it. It's, it's great. And again, I have a great support system. Um, you know, I feel hockey's my wheelhouse. I know that really well. Maybe some other challenges and, um, you know, learning and growing is kind of the more managerial stuff of managing 15 to 20 people and um, communication is key and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just kind of taking every day and, and getting better and, and hopefully the, the staff and the players feel like, you know, right now Minnesota's a great organization. They enjoy coming to the rink every day and uh, they're, they're enjoying being a part of this and, and they feel it's being ran top notch professionally and uh, they have a smile on their face every day.
I'm glad you brought that up. When Jim and I first started talking about doing this podcast, um, you talk about moving the needle forward and making the most impact. And w- one of the goals of this podcast is to talk about the strong women and also to, uh, and, and not at the expense of men. And you have two boys. And so the fact they get to see their mom now take this boss lady role, right? Uh, like you said, it's it's expanding your own personal bandwidth. But the impact that you're also having on your family in terms of showing how strong and smart and capable a woman can be. We talked about Andrea Yock and, and even with the Aurora starting up a team like that. And even with the white caps way back when hockey for women professionally or how much they were really getting paid back then, the young boys that get to see women in these roles is so important. And I know that you have seen the benefit of that impact over the past, I don't say 10 years, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's huge. And, um, you know, my boys six and eight, they know no other, like they go to the rink and they (laughs) are watching women play and they're like, Oh, guys play too. And, um, (laughs) I, I just think that that doesn't come out of thin air. They have to be taught that of, you know, men are superior to women or whatever, because, you know, I coach my son's little mite team too, and they don't bat an eye that the coach on the ice is a female, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I coach his little team and stuff like that. And so it's just like, where does that come from? Um, And so it's, I think action's really important, just seeing it firsthand. And so maybe as these, these boys grow up and they're like, you know, maybe here, uh, you know, negativity on Twitter, or read something uh, armchair quarterback says or something like that, it, they can say, no, I don't agree with that. And that's how change happens as they see it firsthand. So, um, you know, I do think in the world of hockey, we have, we have a ways to go. Um, you know, I don't think in the NHL, there's a whole lot of females. Um, there's, there's maybe one or two athletic trainers on the bench, right? Whereas on right. when you watch college football or NFL, there, there's a lot more, you see them, you see them around. So, um, you know, again, it's all about pushing that needle forward. Um, and I've been really proud that, you know, majority of our staff is females. Um, they wouldn't have this opportunity in the NHL. So let's give them to it in this league. Do we still have males? Absolutely. You know, we're not going to, we're going to put the best people in the best positions. Right. Um, but at the same time, we have to start making, you know, the quintessential quote room at the table. Right. And now it's people do have seats at the table and now it's like, move over, get her in too. Um, yeah, you were going to say something. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say room at the table. You're you're building your own table, right? It's not even, yeah, that's, that's even, it's even more than just, Hey, let's pull a chair up. It's like, all right, here's the new table. Absolutely. You said that well said, and and, uh, I appreciate you saying that because that's what it is. It's, you know, sometimes there isn't room at the table and we can't sit there and, and complain and, 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 uh, sulk it's build your own table. I love that analogy. And, and that's what we're doing here. Um, and that's what we want to continue to do. So I think it's really important. And, and as you mentioned before, could this opportunity open up, uh, different roles? I hope so. I hope that someone sees that we have a top notch, you know, maybe video coordinator and, she's a female and then she makes her way maybe to NHL or we say, Hey, no way, no way. We're growing this thing at rapid pace. She doesn't want to leave for the NHL. She wants to stay here. Um, and so it's just all about, again, people like you, Don and, and, um, Cheryl Reeve and, and all these strong females out there. It's, you know, we're, you know, I'm missing a lot of other people. Winnie Broats, uh, Chrissy Wendell's, um, you know, Erica McKenzie's a good friend of mine. She's at the wild in the, 
and uh, ticket sales doing and suites doing an amazing job. And it's, it's those people that uh, are showing up daily that are going to push this needle forward. Well, I know that you have a, a super busy day, but I wanted to just thank you. We've known each other a long time now and just watching you physically pushing that needle forward every single day, whether when you were playing at the U, whether then you, you started playing for representing your country and, and then coaching. And what I admired about you is you made decisions. This is all about making decisions and having the opportunities to, to say yes and say no. You've made decisions for your family, for yourself personally. You know, when you decide I'm going to, I'm going to be at Hamlin, I've got little boys, you know, I'm going to stay close. I'm going to be an assistant with the Gophers. And now you're going to take you know, this job. Um, and I know you're supposed to be at Hill Murray. So like, we know that how quickly <laughs> things change, right? Like when this drops, you're like, I got to make these really difficult decisions and, and still be a mom, still be a wife, still be a, a leader, you know, still be myself to myself. Mm-hmm. I have witnessed, I have witnessed you through it all pregnancies, interviewing you and like, even before you became a mom, um, I personally, not even just as a woman, just as a person, I just want to thank you for being yourself and being a leader and taking these risks and knowing that, Hey, these decisions I have to make for myself. And this is what we as women want. We just want the opportunity to have those same chances and we can choose what we want. And that's what it's all about. I appreciate that, especially coming from you, Don, because you've, uh, in, in your world of journalism, um, you've probably endured a lot of that. And, and so uh, we should be quite honestly thanking you for all you've done and, and pushing this thing forward too. So super appreciative and grateful for you. Well, I'm ready to drop the puck. All right. Bring on Montreal. Bring on the, the home opener on the sixth. Congratulations to you. I know that you're probably going to sleep for a full day after you get that home opener under your belt, but this is exciting times, my friend. It is. And, uh, you know, I think last we heard we have about 6,000 uh, uh, seats sold, um, you know, trying to fill the lower bowl. So if Minnesota can show up for us 3,000 more seats, that'd be terrific and, and give us a home ice advantage against Montreal. But, you know, I just got to quickly thank, you know, the staff that we hired. They've been working around the around the clock to uh, Glenn Andrews and our business op- operations. Kelly Funk, who we uh, snagged from the Minnesota Wild, is doing all <laughs> of our game event, in-game events. So um, we just have so many people working around the clock who have done a tremendous job here and who've taken a chance on uh, a, a secure job to – for for something so powerful and amazing to get this thing off the ground. So I'm just fortunate that we have a lot of great people on staff and fortunate for you guys for, for highlighting us and giving this opportunity to give us some time on the airwaves too. Well, absolutely. Everyone out there, you got to fill that lower bowl. Let's get more than just 3,000, right? Let, let's expand, <laughs> have it spill out from that lower bowl. You still have time to purchase your tickets. Well, Natalie Darwitz, thank you so much. GM of the PWHL Minnesota team, soon to have names. I'm, I'm excited for that, but I'm more excited just to see these women, these women on the ice getting paid and playing. And this is awesome. Congrats to you. And thanks so much. Thank you guys. Appreciate it.